the interesting thing is, you know, these were the stocks that in theory were pushing the NASDAQ to all-time highs for the last year and a half, but they're all down 50, 60, 70%. And that's pretty weird and pretty concerning um, because speculators, when they speculate, they sort of do it in unison. They speculate on tech stocks and cryptocurrencies and uh, green energy stocks and, you know, all the things that we recognize. Um, but these things are, are seriously faltering. And, and so that was one backdrop. And then the second backdrop into which the Omicron sort of came um, into the mixer was tightening central bank policy. Um, so you have two pretty big things there, which is the loss of the, the key leaders of the market rally, the loss of the stimulus that has been so key to um, all investors recently in terms of the price of interest rates, the price of money, uh, and the amount of stimulus coming through. And that's twofold. Firstly, from the central bank in terms of the $120 billion of asset purchases a month that they've been doing, but also in terms of the Treasury has been spending $200 billion a month on fiscal stimulus through stimulus checks, through Biden's infrastructure programs, all these kinds of things. And so they they have now run out of uh, money to a certain extent. They spent a trillion and a half dollars in the last six months or so, I think. Um, so loss of monetary stimulus, fiscal stimulus and tech leadership were very concerning. And we wrote about this a little bit last week um and then the omicron came and so that is the reason why it's been so volatile is that it's come into an already quite turbulent mix i think which is interesting uh and all i would encourage is welcome to the exponential investor podcast want to be a better smarter more clued up investor well you've come to the right place we cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the mega trends and opportunities reshaping our world Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Exponential Investor Podcast. I am your editor, Sam Volkering, here with my co-editor, Kit Winder. Thanks again, Kit, for joining us this week. Now, I've got a couple of fun little questions that I'm going to level at you uh, today. Um, what is an anagram of the word moronic? <laughs> Omicron. What? No, stop it. Omicron is an anagram of the word moronic, or is it the other way around? I can't tell. Who's yeah. who's 100% sure either way? Well, here's um, a question for you, Sam. What's the, what's the Roman numeral for 11? Uh, Z, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, funny, that. Yeah. yeah. So um, for anybody watching, um, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, it's Christmas time, which means there's a new variant. <laughs> and um, the potential for for lockdowns, the potential for restrictions, it's, a, it's time to get your booster jabs and schools are masking up and shops are masking up, unless you're the co-op because you don't want your staff physically abused and assaulted. So you're just like, all right, just do whatever, do whatever the hell you want. Um, but it's all seemingly kicking off again because of a new variant of COVID-19. Uh, and... Society in general seems in a bit of a tiz, but what's happening in the market, Kit? Because we've been here before. We were here, geez, how many times have we been here now? Three, four different times with variants since the first one. I mean, there was the March 2020 market route when we when this all really kicked off in the first instance, and then a couple since then. And uh, there were a number of stocks, the market got hammered, but there were a number of stocks that did pretty well. The old stay-at-home, work-from-home, everything-at-home stocks, your Pelotons, your Zooms, um, what else? There was a, you know, anything that just meant you stayed inside a lot more uh, did pretty well. And then 
then they got hammered and they've been peeling off their highs since uh, I think it's about since February. They've just been in a massive downward trend. What's happening? Are we uh, do we do we go long these stocks? Do we go short these stocks? Do we freak out about Omicron? What, what I I don't know. Help me. Help us. Help everyone. Kit, make sense of all of this. Oh, nice. Well, I think yeah, the Omicron is um, is a great echo of March twenty twenty because what I remember then is thinking stocks should be going down and everyone else thinking they're only going down because of this one thing and it's the coronavirus back then as it was known now it has all these different names um but yeah it's important to realize that there are sort of two things that were concerning market participants before the friday crash which would have been you know a week ago today um and those were firstly the the loss of tech leadership so the Nasdaq index in America, growth and tech stocks have been the leaders of this, you know, incredible bull market for five years. And especially since May, really April, May of, of 2020, when the rebound started after COVID. Uh, and as you say, it was stocks like Peloton, Zoom, the lockdown classics, um, but also Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Lyft, PayPal, those things. Before, before the Omicron hit last Friday, I could tell you that Twitter, Snap and PayPal were all down about 40% uh, and Peloton and Zoom were down about 70 and, you know, Nikola Motor Corp, which we've both spoken about uh, before, uh, is down 85% from its highs. Uh, and, you know, there's a whole long list of, you know, Robin Hood and Alibaba and Baidu and all of these, you know, Bumble, these kind of technology stocks with very high prospects for the 2030s, but not much going on right now. Um they have been falling for a long time. They're a long way off their peak. And the reason that I find this interesting is that in February of this year, Jeremy Grantham described the way in which bubbles burst. And he described the way that in 2000, it was the smallest and most speculative internet stocks that that fell under the hood of a, a rising index price. So the interesting thing is, you know, these were the stocks that in theory were pushing the NASDAQ to all time highs for the last year and a half. But they're all down 50, 60, 70%. And that's pretty weird and pretty concerning um, because speculators, when they speculate, they sort of do it in unison. They speculate on tech stocks and cryptocurrencies and uh, green energy stocks and, you know, all the things that we recognize. Um, but these things are, are seriously faltering. And, and so that was one backdrop. And then the second backdrop into which the Omicron sort of came um, into the mixer was tightening central bank policy. Um, so, you have two pretty big things there, which is the loss of the, the key leaders of the market rally, the loss of the stimulus that has been so key to um, all investors recently in terms of the price of interest rates, the price of money uh, and the amount of stimulus coming through. And that's twofold. Firstly, from the central bank in terms of the $120 billion of asset purchases a month that they've been doing, but also in terms of the Treasury has been spending $200 billion a month on fiscal stimulus through stimulus checks, through Biden's infrastructure programs, all these kinds of things. And so they they have now run out of uh, money to a certain extent. They spent a trillion and a half dollars in the last six months or so, I think. Um, so loss of monetary stimulus, fiscal stimulus and tech leadership were very concerning. And we wrote about this a little bit last week. Um, and then the Omicron came and so that is the reason why it's been so volatile is that it's come into an already quite turbulent mix, I think, which is interesting. Uh, and all I would encourage is, as I try to encourage in March 2020, to no avail, to try and see reason in the markets beyond the, the COVID narrative.
Well, that's that's probably my my next question um, and something worth discussion. So you sort of mentioned there about a bubble burst, and I guess I'm trying to figure out, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this too, as to whether the bubble has burst, whether the bubble is bursting, or, you know, because like I look at stocks like Zoom and Peloton and PayPal and, you know, all the stocks that have done amazingly well, Robinhood. And that, yeah, you're right, you know, they're down like 50, 60, 70% from their highs. But they're also still up a couple of hundred percent and then some when you sort of push the chart out and look at the longer term picture. So do we think that there's more pain to come? Do these do these stocks peel off another 50%, 30, 40, 50, 60% from this level? Or is all of a sudden now... We're looking at these stocks in the sense of, okay, what's the what's the long term picture here? You know, is is Zoom going to be profitable, or where people are going to use it more? Is is this going to be something where people will now engage with it more? Peloton, was that a bit of a flash in the pan, or is you know jumping on the exercise bike and doing um, you know spin classes from home going to be a bit more of a norm? Uh, that that's that's sort of what's running through my head at the moment. Is is while these stocks are a bit on the nose now, granted, the other day when Omicron was kind of more publicly announced, um, you know, while the market was bleeding, pretty much all of those stocks were up. <laughs> not not hugely, but enough. Um, so it's like, do, do are they now the contrarian play? Are they, are, they, are they the ones that we start looking at more seriously with that longer term, you know, towards the end of the 2020s time horizon? Uh, or are we, or are we trying to catch a falling knife? Uh, yeah, it's a difficult one because, may, you know, I've said look beyond the COVID narrative, but if the COVID narrative is correct and Omicron turns out to be really serious, um, then maybe the reasons that drove Peloton Zoom to highs a year and a half ago can do so again. But I think the true long-term story is is pretty similar to what we saw in two thousand, right? Which is that these are the most speculative and the most stretched valuations that we've seen since 2000 these are at the most extreme end of that extremity uh, and we haven't even seen the major indices roll over yet and you know people are probably generally aware if they've listened to me before that my general prediction is for extreme and unbelievably destructive pain across all financial assets at some point in the next few years and these will lead it lower and it's important to remember that the nasdaq lost over 80 percent in 2000 relative to the s&p's 50 uh, and Amazon within that, which was the best company at the time and is the best company today, lost 92, I think. And, um, you know, something can always halve from wherever it is, even if it's lost 90%, it can lose 95. And if you invest at that point, you're halfway down. Uh, I do think a time will come for a lot of these companies, um, which do have incredibly bright futures where they're an incredible buy uh, and they've been completely oversold. But I think until we see major rollovers of all the indices, Probably not. Um, and the only exception would be within that if there's another lockdown and COVID scare, which is a sort of short term impetus to a, a Peloton or a Zoom. But I don't think anyone's seriously considering that everyone's going to have a Peloton in their home in 10 years. I wouldn't buy one even if they if they weren't ludicrously expensive. And I wouldn't buy their shares even if they weren't on ludicrous do you know what? But, do you know what it makes me think of, right? Is that when I think of all these things sort of, you know, people doing, you know, working from home and, and having home offices and Pelotons and home gyms and all that sort of thing, it makes me want to go long the construction industry because 
people need people are going to need more space to put all this stuff. They're going to be like garden, you know, those garden offices and garden um, garden things you can whack in the in the in the back without having to get planning permission. I mean, yeah. we, we should see if there are any publicly listed companies that make those because that's that. If if this is if this is the narrative and this is the way it continues, where it's going to be more people working from home, exercising from home, and these kinds of companies are going to sell more products, then you're going to want to be long somewhere that's going to put all that stuff in people's houses, I would have thought. So maybe maybe the construction industry continues to be the, the smart long-term play as well. Um, oh I mean, the metaverse thing as well, the, the idea that the direction... Well, you can't, you can't whack a Peloton in the metaverse like, and work, you know, we can. Uh, yeah, I, suppose, I just mean the, the idea that the direction of travel for humanity is sort of indoors and online, I find incredibly depressing. I think what we're realising at the moment is the absolute importance of fresh air and being outdoors and socializing with real people you're sounding old the, the sort of mental and physical health benefits that, that brings and so i think to imagine that this is a trend that goes on forever is to completely misunderstand what you know what makes people tick and what makes them happy and i I, I, I get your point and to a, to a to a large extent i do absolutely agree with that and the idea of you know more and time buy a real bike i beg of you <laughs> yeah well so again i again i do agree with that and i'm sure plenty of our viewers would agree with that as well but at the same time i'm sure there's plenty of our viewers that are thinking you know that you know, you and I would spend far too much time in the digital world and we don't consider it a lot. But then, then to think of spending that much more time in the metaverse or connected, it it feels like it, it is certainly a generational shift from one to the other. And I, I, I wonder if, you know, when my boys are 18 in another 10 to... 10 to 15 years, oh, God, whatever, how old they bloody are, just, uh, lack of sleep. Um, you know, in that kind of time frame, do they look at us and we like, go buy a bike and like, buy a bike. I can just do a spin up on my Peloton in the metaverse. And we're just like, oh, back in my day, you used to do half your time on the Peloton and half your time on the real bike. So is it, is it, is, I think maybe it's also one of those, you know, just shifts that it's almost inevitable. Maybe it seems sad to us, but. Maybe that's just how it is, and and the long view on these sorts of things. This this idea of a metaverse. I hate the word metaverse, by the way, or Web three for anyone that's listening. It's really just a convergence of digital and physical lives, which has been a very long trend happening, basically since the seventies and the start of the internet. Um, maybe it's just a, it's just a continual evolution, and and the 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 smart long view is is to think about in 15, 20 years time. Is is spending your entire workout in a metaverse environment that crazy? I don't think maybe it is that crazy. It, it it'll be crazy to us, but the market might find it quite normal. Maybe I think um, you know, I have this saying which is always be short extremity. And when lockdown happened, people sort of thought it was definitely accelerating this trend towards uh remote living or working from home. And 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 maybe those things are true, but there's also a thing where at the moment of a trend's sort of maximum point is when people extrapolate it the furthest. And, and you can always go the other way and say, when everyone is talking about this one thing, in fact, this idea has reached its zenith and we're going to push back in the other direction. And that the classic debate was, has lockdown, when everyone was locked in their homes, did it make them appreciate things like home cooking and films on the TV and nights in and drinking less and being peaceful? Or did it make them really long for the thrill of, human contact and pubs and cinemas and the excitement that those things bring. And I think um, one of the big ones was just being outside. Everyone was walking, everyone realized the benefits that that, that brought. Uh, and I think the realization that was greater for me and, and I think for a lot of people 
uh, although this is obviously very speculative and potentially irrelevant, but the realization was how important real life is. Um, I would say that, but on the Omicron, Sam, before we finish, it's worth mentioning that I came across an interesting theory just this morning, which was that uh, everyone's freaking out because it's more virulent. It's going to spread more quickly, but it's very early days. We don't know much, but someone said the really interesting thing would be is that if it's less deadly and more virulent, what it will do is it will push out all of the other variants because it's more virulent. It will occupy, create immunity, and it will spread more effectively and faster than the other ones. But by being less deadly, what it could do is, is end this. It could just be this incredibly mild thing that goes around quite quickly. And that's how it dies out. It creates immunity without killing people or hospitalizing them. And, um, you know, it'd be kind of interesting if the most threatening new variant that we've discovered in 18 months was, in fact, the best thing for markets since, um, well, since the pandemic I, I think uh, the interesting officially thing ended is... in investors' minds in March 23rd, 2020. I think the thing is that with, with this Omicron um, kerfuffle, uh, it can jam it because the things that seem to be knocking everybody down is not COVID and not Omicron. It's just a good plain old flu <laughs> that seems to be getting around today, I mean, that I... shockingly we, everyone's forgotten about. Um, I just wanted to I, – I, I also just want to push back a little bit on your point. I, I You and I are similar in, in, in I, you know, the human relationships contact, getting out in the real world. I think we're extremities. I think we actually probably sit on the edges of the bell curve. I think that the bulk of society is quite happy to not do as much of that stuff, um, which whichever plays out to be true, uh, we'll find out, I guess, in the next few years and how it relates to these kinds of stay-at-home, more um, closed off from physical contact. But I guess my point is, is that when in history have we ever gone – pushed back to become a more analog society, if you will, rather than continuing to push into the digital world and and uh, and, and these kinds of online interactions. So, I mean, it's – who knows? Who knows how it plays out? But I think that we probably underestimate how much little people actually want to do as well uh, on the balance of society. I mean, America, I think, just again recently was – uh, crowned or recrowned or continued to be crowned the fattest, most unhealthy country in the world, with you know however was it three hundred and something million people, a uh, you know consumer, uh, a consumer utopia where they love to consume goods, services, and products, uh, none that are all, not all unnecessarily that good for you. So um, yeah, we'll see. I I I, th I think that our desires are probably on the edges of that what people actually want to do bell curve, um, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So anyway, we have banged on long enough uh, this week. Uh, thanks again, Kit, for your insight and input. Um, we'll see. We'll see whether people want to get fit and do stuff with each other or they want to be fat and lazy and do less over the coming years. And maybe there's a way to play that in the market. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, as I say, we are marching very quickly towards Christmas. Um, we will be doing a Christmas Exponential Investor podcast. I've heard rumor that Kit's Christmas jumper is on the way. Um, so we'll, we'll find out soon enough just what that might look like and look forward to bringing you a Christmas edition uh, in the next couple of weeks of the Exponential Investor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we'll be back again with you soon. Thanks for watching and bye for now.